Nope. Sometimes I think of the benefits of the alien occupation. I have free food, water, and shelter. I have a machine that keeps the temperature cool the entire day, another that creates boiling water on the spot. And, well, I'm talking to people in other universes. Of course, that sounds like the words of a madman. So, for simplicity's sake, just imagine I'm in another galaxy. Or maybe another timeline works better. Just know I'm very far away from you. And no, I can't explain the technology. I'm a miner, not a scientist. Then I remember the drawbacks. That familiar slamming on my door. One I always think will break the glass, but never does. Once every four weeks, yet I still never expect it. I put down the cup of tea, half of it spilling out. If you don't drop everything immediately, they'll kick down the door. I open the door, seeing the familiar entourage of Athleen and her posse. She's my friend who comes to my house at least once a month. I met her during the initial invasion almost a year ago. She was charismatic, though in a, uh, I don't know, an analogy you'd understand. Would dictator make sense? Sure, I'll go with that. Her red irises are just as piercing as ever. If you have anything illegal, declare it for amnesty, she says, identical to every other visit. Her species hardly fits through my doorway. She stands almost 30 centimeters above me, which is still short compared to her soldiers. All of the soldiers wear helmets of an anamorphous shape with deep gray armor covering their entire bodies. They stand perfectly identical in height, width, shape, and every other quality. The medals and ribbons strewn to her coat and skirt jingle as she walks over to my native-grown tea. She pours it down the drain, telling me, Please use your government-provided tea. The squadron rummages through my entire pantry, throwing out any containers of homegrown food. Their provided substance was very nutritious, sure, but the taste was completely devoid of anything. I watch, leaning against the wall. If I even dare to complain, they'll throw me in prison. The entire floor is decimated by wounds made by their metal boots. I don't even try to repair them anymore. Athlean prances over to my bookshelf, checking every book for subject matter and shaking them all for hidden notes of rebellion. As she does, she chucks them onto the couch in no particular order. I prefer them alphabetized. The bruises on my neck still pulse with paralyzing pain to this day. On one of these checks, I left the book Augusta the Pillager on the table. Actually, if I'm reaching the right universe or galaxy, you don't know what that is. 
it's for the better. Her men grabbed me by the hair and struck me on the neck with the butt of their rifles. I assume that's what they did. The instant they hit me, I was out. My hands were bound by cuffs, a soldier standing beside me, holding my shoulder. Athlene was talking about something or rather related to God and Augusta. All I know is the stench of paper lit ablaze, then of smoldering flesh. The shrieks of undeclared stowaways, of those who had refused assimilation. Right. That's why they're searching my house. For sentient, non-human species. I never listen to their preachers and sermons, so I don't know the precise reasons why. One of her soldiers always stands on the other side of the dining table, his gun pointed directly at me. Apparently, he had never heard of trigger discipline, his finger in the trigger guard. I watched as Athleen's eye fluid drained away, and they grew out of her sockets. Visibly, the sensors switched. Athleen yelled to them in a foreign language, one she always spoke when addressing them. Simultaneously, she points to the kitchen. Protocol Acha! With the swiftness of one line, they begin to tear apart the floorboards, ripping them apart with their hands. I try to slip away, but the guard raises his rifle, his left index finger shifting over to the safety. Don't try to escape, Inman. Inman, a slur for a non-Leonite human. You probably don't know what that means either. All you have to know is that the Leonites think they are superior to all other life forms. The kitchen has wood chips splattered all over the sinks and counters. One of them feels the ground, sensing the heat radiating from the hot water container. False alarm. Athleen glazes around, rotating 360 degrees twice. She locks onto the bedroom then points and yells the same phrase. Fuck. Athleen and the four march on over. I can hear them tearing the floor into pieces. Damn it. The bedroom was the hiding place. I never knew they had heat sensors. They had never checked that before. A shrill scream resounds through the entire home. The echoes of titanium fists hitting flesh. I ignore the soldier keeping watch. Get back here, he yells, in the identical staticky voice they all had. I rush to the bedroom, praying to every deity that my wife is still hanging on. Just as I can see them wailing on her, striking her with impunity, my face grinds into the floor, the weight of power armor resting on my spine. He steps on my pelvis and pulls my head back, curling my spine like a bow. Athlean drags my wife out of the room. Smeared in blood, fur ripped out of the follicles, skin torn like paper. Those welts, 
craters of flesh, still stand so vividly in my memories. At this moment, she looked just like my father. Brutalized by the savage invaders, deemed inferior and weak, that's how I met Athelene. A convoy of mechanized vehicles triumphantly stormed past the city entrance, easily bursting through the wooden gates. My father was part of the city guard, protecting the denizens. It was actually just him by then. Every other guard, when they heard the crackling sound of the machine gun fire, fled. She stood atop one of the tanks and declared something along the lines of, Hence, this city, its populace, its possessions, everything within it, is the sovereign territory of Emperor Augusta, ruled by the nation of the Augustan Holy Eagle's Empire. My father, a brave but foolish soul, drew his sword. He had seen the assimilations earlier that morning. No, this city shall stand free from tyranny. We shall not bow to foreign powers. I admire your courage, but pity your stupidity. Athleen spoke with a piercing stare. But if you can defeat me in a duel, then your city shall become isolated from all the pleasures of life, but free nonetheless. She hopped down from her perch and marauded over to him. He took the first strike and swiftly drew in for a swing at her. Just as his arm came to bring a machine of death and murder down, she caught it. She caught it by the blade. She snatched it from his hand and he fell forward beneath her. With a single throw, the sword passed down for five generations sank into the river. His gaze of unadulterated terror was that of a doe watching the hunter release their arrow. A single stomp on his head split his helmet open like an egg. Picked up by his hair, he whimpered, Fine. Fine. I lost. The city is yours. How dishonorable. The challenger in a duel always, always fights to the death. She held him like a ragdoll, slamming her fists into his chest, shaping his iron armor like clay. My feet were glued to the floor, my mouth agape, yet nothing came out. She tossed him into the back of one of the vehicles before promptly leaving. The whole city was dead silent, as quiet as midnight, aghast, staring at the splatters left behind. Now another one, so close to me, befell such a fate. She pushes her bruised face into mine, yelling, this is what happens when you don't declare your crimes. Every time we give you amnesty, every time you had the chance to avoid this. A hard strike to the back of my head 
sent me knocking into the floor again. Red rivers ran down my cheeks. The last thing I saw was my wife's tear-covered face smearing together with the blood. A droplet of water drips onto my head. My knees are planted in the mud, my hands tied together. I look up, seeing Athleen with an axe in her hand. Her topless back is smothered in deep scars, running like canyons through the faux muscles. Not even the most ferocious tiger could slice flesh like that. Her steel interior is visible through the trenches. As she turns, her front is drowned in an ocean of burns, scorched by the battles she's seen. My wife, near Vet, a vulpine, laid with her arms sprawled against the cross. Vulpines all had fur, but hers was ripped out, the roots still bleeding. Her head pointed down, her body unable to support it. Her hands were chained to the crimson-stained wood. Athlene takes heavy, baited steps, keeping a gait so slow most would fall from how long their foot was in the air. It didn't have to be like this. You could have declared her, avoiding all of this. She wouldn't be bleeding out, scalped like a slave. And yet you chose not to. You chose a false sense of pride for your inferior people. You chose to let these consequences happen. She took a long pause. But don't worry. I'm giving you another chance to make a decision. Drawing a pistol from her pocket. This gun has two bullets. One for her, one for you. I will not stop any choice you make. She places the pistol just a few centimeters in front of me. I... <laughs> I choose nothing. I'm not playing into this. If that is what you want, you'll leave your wife crucified and bleeding out, waiting to become a wolf's dinner. Then you'll get back up and go home, ready to live a life full of modern luxury, a free food, free water, free shelter. You'll abandon her after getting her in this situation. Faintly, I hear the whimpers of my wife, begging to be let free. As Athlane stands above me like an obelisk, she drives the axe into the head wound, sending jolts of pain through my body, carving deep into my mind every second of it. I regret the memory-enhancing chip. Where is your pride now? Why, when tortured and maimed, do you not have pride? Does a couple not die a couple? I desperately scramble for the gun, feeling a hard object in the soft mud. I raise it to my head. 
squeezing the trigger. I await the relief. A click. Again. I squeeze with all the remaining strength I have. Another click with no relief. I may have been slightly dishonest. The gun was a test. Now you've shown your sin of cowardice and selfishness. You'd have shot yourself to end your torment, letting your wife fester and ferment. Your real choice is now whether to die in this field with her. Otherwise, I will take you to the hospital. You will return to your cushy life with everything except her. I drop the gun, splashing mud across me. I descend to a crawl, like a baby to its mother. Laying at the base of the crucifix, quiet whispers fill my ears. Please, Elijah, go on. Her former opera voice was hoarse and rough. I'm not leaving you, I say, coughing scarlet across the dirt. For once, exasperated breath stops her. In your life, listen to me. Taking an extended inhale, air clashing with liquid for space in my lungs, I say, Athlean, I will leave. My bedroom light blinds me. I feel the back of my head, only finding my bald spot. A nightmare? I wonder. Nirvet had always gotten up before me, so it was no surprise she was not in bed. I looked around my room. No, I did not have carpet before. It was wood so I could easily remove it and see my wife. Damn it. Nirvet's actually gone. I left her. I left her to rot. Athleen was right about my cowardice, about my selfishness. Is it not a couple's dream to die together? To make the other long for them after their death? Maybe I'll go back to bury her. Maybe bury myself as well. If I can even find the cross. For all I know, she brought us to another universe and crucified her there. Sitting at home in my rocking chair, an empty one to my left, I write this. I don't know if I'll be here for the next inspection. I'm not sure if that's because I'll be dead, or if I'll be missing. Maybe both. Their eyes are etched into my mind. Athlean's emotionless and unblinking, dyed red hues from the torture she has brought. Near vets of depression, maintaining the little life she had in her. I am Elijah Coldshield. And I implore every single person hearing this, that when they inevitably invade your world, comply and let them assimilate you. Otherwise, 
you will have Athleen, and they will tear everything from you if you don't obey. This passage was translated from Natiha in the year 1280 to English in the year 2020 using the Augustan official translation system posted on pre-solar internet forum using Augustan official civilian broadcasting system authorized by the Natiha People's Council. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Nope Too Creepy podcast. If you want to learn more about the author of this story, just check the show notes and you'll find all the necessary links. If I haven't earned it already, I hope this is the week you choose to follow or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Until next time, everybody, this is Dan David reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope.